interesting company that that he represents and has founded. And he's talking about what I think is a really important issue that we really don't document that much in healthcare. Um, it's something that impacts the the morbidly obese. It's something that impacts uh, a lot of people that have diabetes, that have metabolic syndrome, that have hypertension, and that's sleep apnea. And he's going to kind of give us a synopsis of uh, what Enzo Data does, and really the importance of um, starting to bring in rubrics and clinical care models that address sleep apnea because it runs uh, parallel and contaminant. I'm getting my words together. It runs parallel to a lot of other metabolic issues that have downstream complications. So it's very nice to have you on the show, Chris. Appreciate your time and appreciate your energy. Thanks for for joining us here at Rise in Los Angeles. Yeah, super excited to be here. Uh, So tell us a little bit about Enzo Data and your platform and and what what you do, what what your team does, and kind of how you got into this business. Yeah. Uh, Well, we we started the company in 2015, kind of mastered out of the University of Wisconsin-Madison. All right. So go, go Badgers. But uh, Big Ten. Fell in love with the confluence of applied artificial intelligence. We, we love, we, we Buckeyes love rolling into Madison Uh-oh. and, and you being a speed bump on our way to, to the Big Ten championship. So we, we appreciate that. Just a bump in the road. Yes. Yes. But uh, yeah, big data. And, you know, everybody sleeps. Um, we know that sleep is the time when our bodies repair, regenerate, restore. Right. It's the third leg of the stool with, you know, diet and, well and exercise. Uh, you know, but not only that, like you said, I think that, you know, we just saw a massive opportunity. The population of folks that have sleep apnea in the United States, 80 to 90% undiagnosed and untreated a day. Yeah, that's scary. So when we were looking for a place to apply artificial intelligence to try to increase access and affordability in healthcare, what better place to go than the place where we're, we've kind of barely hit the tip of the iceberg yet. And as we've kind of gone further and further down, I think we've really come to appreciate, you know, that when you look at all the major chronic comorbid conditions, right. hypertension, congestive right. heart failure, COPD, uh, depression, other things, sleep apnea is consistently at the scene of the crime. And I think you mentioned depression. I think if you're not sleeping well, you're not feeling well no. just from a mental state. You know, if you're, if you, if you're the one, I mean, when they torture people in, in prisons, you know, they keep you awake. You know, when they're trying to brainwash people, they keep people from, from, from getting ad- adequate sleep because, like you said, the, the restorative powers on your tissues and body and mindset are, are so important. And, and I think I love what you're doing because we just know that if someone has morbid obesity and they have CHF or some of these, they probably need to be tested for sleep apnea. And I think that uh, people like you are leading the way in having that discussion because historically at the health plan level, we don't really do a lot of sleep studies. I can't, I can't think of any time... I've ever been in a risk adjustment stratification model, and I was like, man, we got to send this person to a sleep study, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, it does. It does. And, and not only is it hot, the overlap so highly prevalent, but uh, it directly exacerbates, in, in a lot of cases, their condition, makes them more difficult to, to manage and control, and ultimately re- results in a much higher rate of acute care utilization for those primary chronic conditions. So tell us a little bit about uh, getting to the ins and outs. What exactly is sleep apnea for someone that's listening you know, on our terrestrial radio feed that, that maybe not a healthcare background? What is sleep apnea? What causes it? Um, and how is it treated? Yeah, yeah. So I, I like to look at everything under the umbrella of you know, sleep itself, you have sleep apnea, you don't sleep very well. But sleep apnea specifically is a, is a respiratory-related sleep disorder where you periodically stop breathing throughout the night. And so the way that it's diagnosed is actually they count up, you know, the number of times that you stop breathing while you're asleep, 
how long you're asleep, and that sets up uh, sort of the severity rating. Severe sleep apnea, for example, you stop breathing at least once every other minute. Oh, so wow. You can imagine, every other minute? Yeah. I didn't know that. And that's more that's than a quarter insane. of the individuals that have sleep wow. apnea. Now, what, what causes it? Is it hereditary? Because I know that weight has a lot to do with it, um, but I know people that are like 160 pounds that have it. You know, it's, uh, is it snoring? Like, if I snore, does that mean that I have sleep apnea? Like, what are, what are some of the causes of it? Yeah, snoring is highly correlated. That's a very, very interesting question. There can be one or more combination of factors that contribute to it. The patency of the airway, so how loose is your airway? Obesity is a big factor in that. Uh, something called the arousal threshold. How easy are you to wake up? And if you're really difficult to wake up, then you can stop, you know, it's easier to stop breathing while you're asleep and have that kind of sustain itself. Um, you know, other things like loop gain, so how reactive your pulmonary system is to oxygen and carbon dioxide exchange. Okay. Now, is it something that uh, do men get it? Do women get it? Um, do children get it? I mean, what is, what is the age range for sleep apnea and, and the gender um, um, the, the gender threshold for, or are you more likely to get it if you're a male than a female? So that's, very, it's, that's a very interesting question. I think the, the incidence rate is a bit, you know, a bit higher in men. I think a lot of people, when they think of sleep apnea, they think of overweight yeah, You think of a 300-pound guy, like lime, offensive lineman, you know, that type of guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's highly, highly underdiagnosed and underappreciated mm -hmm. in women and children as well. And children as early as, you know, neonates in some cases are, really? you know, indicated, diagnosed, and, and wow. use that external ventilator to help sleep well and breathe. So tell us about the external. Now, I've, you know, I've talked, I've been very candid. Um, sleep apnea runs in my family, and I made a deliberate choice to, to drop some weight. Um, I've been to the sleep center. I was not diagnosed, but I was kind of heading towards that. Um, in my family, I know that that machine is really, was really bulky, in you know early 2000s like it was like the size of this table and, and everything mm -hmm. now they're making them a much uh, smaller and easier to carry around but but what is the apparatus what is used is it a use, use the word ventilator that's correlated a lot with um with covid but what, what is the machine that's used to treat sleep apnea oh in some cases yeah and oh we can talk about covid separately but uh yeah continuous positive airway pressure cpap tends to be the first line of defense treatment for sleep apnea it blows air down your airway and keeps it open so, so that's what that's what the machine does okay yeah but there's now, a lot of other pleasant popular. to how do you sleep with that is that is that pleasant uh i've heard people say you know like uh when you and it's noisy and it's noisy, but when right. you sleep so poorly for so many years, I've right, seen do people anything. come out of the sleep lab, and they want to bring the thing home with them. I just had Technicolor dreams for the first time in 10, 20 years. I've, ne I've never felt this way in the morning wow. before. And so some people end up getting addicted to it, I think. Okay. Yeah. And what are some of the, for someone that has really um, higher specificity or, or more complex, what are some of the... the machines that they have to use. Oh yeah, so there's a gradation of, of uh, sort of intensity of CPAP devices. You can go from CPAP to bi-level PAP with the okay. pressure's too high to keep it on. They'll regulate it by PAP-ST and ASV, adaptive servo ventilation all the way at the top. But there's a lot of other alternative therapies that are popular too. Weight loss, as you mentioned, is a wonderful therapy. Uh, implantable neuromodulation devices. Oral appliances, like the Zipa. I remember there was a the yeah. big movement about like Zipas and these things that you put in your mouth. I just, I never felt comfortable with those. You know, that time I used to snore a lot, it just kind of activated my gag reflex. I didn't, I didn't like it. Um, but it seems like there are a myriad of ways to treat. Now, you're embarking on really trying to get this into Medicare Advantage plans mm -hmm. and looking at it from the HCC model. I wanted to give you a chance to kind of speak on that. How can we get 
the things that you're doing at your organization into MA plans and make that a part of the, the clinical operations? Yeah, well, sleep apnea, undiagnosed sleep apnea in particular, really impacts uh, some of the things, a lot of the quality metrics uh, you know, are based on sleep apnea. If you have uncontrolled hypertension or drug-resistant hypertension, it can make it really difficult to effectively treat your blood pressure if you stop breathing every other minute. And so that restorative sleep can help to bring people's blood pressure down even further into a healthy range, HbA1c. You can even take a healthy person, if you get them to sleep four hours or less, one to seven nights, otherwise healthy, they could be pre-diabetic in one to seven days. So that speaks to the effect. That now, how does the sleep, so that's a very interesting, you're saying... Someone who doesn't have diabetes, someone Correct. who doesn't have the blood sugar issues, but if you just deprive them of sleep, it has a correlation to, to their blood sugar. Kind of speak a little bit more on that, because obviously, you know, um, America and even the world, you know, we're getting to a place where you see stats that by 2050, one in three people will have prediabetes. Yeah. So we're all concerned about that. You know, American diet is different than it is globally. We're susceptible. A lot of people are genetically susceptible to diabetes and its complications. How does the lack of sleep actually impact the blood sugar? So the way you can think about it is your body runs on clocks, and in, in a sense, each organ in your body has its own little clock system. The things that your metabolism does during the day are very different from the things that your metabolism does while you're asleep. And so if you sleep deprive very yourself, okay. you don't get that, that benefit, and it causes glucose and glucose and insulin resistance very quickly. Got it. And so that would also allow you to, to cause you to store fat as well if you're not, because that's a part of it. Yeah, it makes it hard to lose weight. Wow. Yep. No, that's very interesting. So tell us about your model. Like in a perfect world, how would you partner up with Medicare Advantage plans and healthcare organizations um, to ensure that sleep studies and, you know, actually getting these into, I talked to you about all of these companies are doing uh, quality improvement programs mm -hmm. and chronic care improvement programs, which are longitudinal studies, which I think this is perfect to really carve out cohorts of people that have sleep apnea, that have some of these other comorbidities. But tell us about what is your end game, Chris? What do you want to do with, uh, with Enzo Data? Like how, how is the, the best way to kind of integrate into some of these plans? Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's a really simple model actually. There's kind of three pieces of it. One, uh, we have an AI that can run on claims data and electronic health record data. It automatically identifies folks with undiagnosed sleep apnea accurately, systematically at the population health scale. Okay. It does it in a prioritized way. It's not open the floodgates, but a highly targeted program for finding individuals that have the absolute highest health outcomes and financial benefit opportunities. We offer nationwide, completely virtual sleep testing at home. And on the back end, really try to make patients feel supported and successful on treatment by providing AI predictive analytics and sleep coaching experts. So you actually work directly with the, the members themselves. So you're not, you're not just working with the health plans as a third party. You actually, so if I had sleep apnea, you would provide me data and coaching and all of those things. Yeah, make sure that wow, your that's, mask that's, is comfortable. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, I mean, that's, Chris, I'm a, a real supporter of what you're doing. You know, I think, I think that it's fantastic. You know, I appreciate you coming in and spending 15 minutes with me. Um, you know, it's a very busy conference. It's kind of the last big conference of the year. And I'm a big supporter. You know, I'm not, I'm not out to just, you know, to get my endorsement, you know, you got to usually gotta write last day a check. But all jokes aside, um, I like what you're doing. It's something that it's legitimate. Yeah. Um, I would advise people that listen. Um, you want to reach out to Chris, rather you find him. Are you on LinkedIn or, or where? LinkedIn, EnzoData.com. You really want to reach out to Chris and um, talk about at least doing a trial. I, I really like the idea of looking at people that have these other comorbidities 
and the story says that you probably have sleep apnea, they should at least be tested for it. Mm-hmm. I think the health plans will be very um, interested in having that discussion. So anything I can do to help you to kind of proliferate that out, uh, please reach out to me because I'm, I'm a big believer in it. And like I said, it, it runs in my family. I spent many years as a quality healthcare executive focused on risk scores, clinical operations, and value-based care contracts. I had the corner office, the nice house, the pool, and all of the perks corporate America offers. But in 2020, as the pandemic had us all on lockdown, I decided to open up Paragon 7 Studios as a full-service consulting firm focused on healthcare media. Our critically acclaimed daily HealthCast series features many of the brightest minds in the industry. Due to increased demand, we are actually expanding into executive production of short films and documentaries for our clients. Find us on LinkedIn or Instagram to talk about hourly rates. That's Paragon 7 Studios. I ain't snitching on nobody from Harlem, man. I give you a couple cats down in D.C. doing their thing, out of town doing their thing, but um, I'm not snitching on nobody in Harlem because... When I come home, I'm still going to be the king. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. James Lewis. And what the pistol packing people say, you better obey. Just in the nick of time, I commit the perfect crime. Rip my heart out my chest and put it right into a rhyme. I don't feel pain because that's all in the mind. And what's mine is mine and yours is mine. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. I'm a bald head with a knife. I want your money or your life. So, 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 so. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. And Doug. Got a couple of bogeys on your six, Limo. They need customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so they only pay for what they need. What do you say we see what this bird can do? We are not getting you a helicopter. Looks like we're walking, kid. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty.